Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Parentpreneur Show with me, your host, Michael T. Christian. Today, I have the great pleasure of introducing Andy Tate, a.k.a. Coach Taters. Um, this man is single-handedly responsible for making me less of a man, but only in a good way. Andy, lovely to see you all the way over there in Vancouver, Canada. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much. And uh, great intro as well, mate. Um, yeah. Happy to chat about um, being a parent and an entrepreneur and how to n- help navigate that. But I'm still trying to figure it out myself. So we were just chatting before uh, before we recorded and uh, saying that, yeah, you kind of learn things and you think, great, we've got the, we've got the handle on this. And then the, uh, the challenges just change with uh, with the kids getting older. Right. Yeah, exactly. People have been saying since my first daughter was born. And it was difficult with lack of sleep and stuff. And everyone's like, oh, it gets better. It gets better. And then you're just waiting for years for it. Like, when's it actually going to get better? Like, when's it actually going to get easier? Um, Because we were just talking before about, like, it it does get easier in certain aspects. Like, the sleep definitely does start to get easier. You get more sleep, generally speaking. Um, But then there's other things you have to contend with, like the terrible twos and, you know, trying to get them ready for school. And you think at some time in their life, they're going to be able to get in their car seat without being a complete arse. Doesn't always happen. So yeah, it's just trying to navigate one thing to the next. I'm sure we'll touch on different parts of this as, as we progress, but yeah. I'm still waiting for the day it gets easier. Yeah, I, yeah, you and me both. But like, maybe let's backtrack a little bit because obviously I've known you for quite a while now. But um, let's take us back even further than that. Um, tell us about your background. You know where you grew up, how you became uh, involved with like personal fitness and stuff. Yeah, so I am f- originally from Woburn Green, which is super close to you in in Marlow. Um, and yeah, I grew up there school there and everything went to university in Sheffield to study hospitality so not currently this the same career path that I'm currently doing but that was where I started my own fitness journey I started to take part in uh, my own fitness I guess I'll give you a bit of a background about about that I was kind of overweight I wasn't I wouldn't say I was fat but I was definitely chubby and insecure about it and uh, I'd recently gone for a breakup of with my first girlfriend that I'd ever had at that point. I just kind of like 1920 broken up was like, how have I let myself get to this point? Um, And then it's from there. I just got propelled and luckily I was in amongst like the right people. I just got propelled into taking care of myself in terms of like physical health and fitness. Um, That's where I found my love for, for, um, for fitness um, and then after university, I got a job in a corporate office. I was doing customer support, that kind of thing. Um, and alongside that is when I started doing CrossFit. I met you um, and I decided that I wanted to make a career change. And the, the point for that for me was when I was, my position at the corporate job was up for redundancy because they were moving the office to to Wales and so my my role was up for redundancy, so I decided to do a personal training qualification, and then I am now a personal trainer. So uh, it kind of went from there to me doing part time work at the office and part time work as a as a coach and a personal trainer. Then I decided to move to Vancouver, so quite far away, and I was 
set on, I want to be a personal trainer. And that is what I want to do in, in Canada. Now, I was originally only came here for a year, but one thing led to the next. Now I've got family. I say I got I moved here with one suitcase and now look at the baggage I got. <laughs> so tell us about the baggage um, and the very nice baggage too. Yeah, lovely baggage, lovely baggage. Um, but yeah, so I've got my partner, Lucy, and I've got my two kids, um, Autumn. She is seven months old. And Olivia, my oldest, she has just turned four years old. Um, and so what I've done more recently is, since the pandemic anyway, I've moved my business to online. So I'm not just an in-person personal trainer, although I still do some in-person hours. The majority of my business now is as an online personal trainer. And it doesn't look like I jump on Zoom calls with the clients and you know tell them to go and do that machine and that machine, that kind of thing. It's very different. Most of my clients have been training in the gym for couple of years to several years you know they kind of know the basics of how to to squat bench press deadlift and some of those more standard exercises and i program for them i program their nutrition i program their training and they go off and do that on their own and and then they report to me once a week generally how they're how they're getting on and we make tweaks to their program so they can either make progress towards a goal whether that is to lose body fat to gain muscle maybe a combination of those two or whether it's more performance based like uh, building strength and getting faster in, in a certain sport or something. So that's where I've made the complete transition of being a, an in-person coach to now being mostly an online coach. Um, and that has pros and cons when it comes to trying to manage that with a family. And and this is where you and I reconnected, isn't it? Because as you say, um, we we first met a number of years ago when you were a CrossFit coach at the local box, and um, you you used to have the, uh, the the dubious pleasure of running the daybreakers, which was what was that six o'clock start? So you're kind of rocking up there about quarter to six, right? So that's where we first met. But then, yeah, this it's with your online coaching that we actually reconnected, isn't it? Because I've been now sort of taking your advice for what just well just over a year a year and a quarter I guess something like that mm -hmm. and as I alluded yeah, yeah. to in the intro you know I've I've dropped you know quite a lot of weight I'm down 10 sort of nearly 11 kilos and with with about four or five to go as far as you know as I'd like to go and I can personally vouch that you know the remote thing does work it's about accountability isn't it it's you're um you're you're as good as me or as bad as me depends which way you look at it in terms of tracking and accountability i i'm a big fan of if it's measurable then it's manageable do you exactly. do you apply that to your training and, and and to all aspects don't you yeah yeah exactly what you said there hits the nail on the head you know if it's what gets measured gets managed or what gets managed gets improved or whatever the saying is you know it is very much like that um and so one of the most common things I hear from people when they sign up as a client is, you know, it might sound funny, they say, but I need some accountability. And it, honestly, that is like the least funny thing in terms of uh, everyone says everyone needs accountability. Like I know exactly what to do with my own training and nutrition, but still I've hired coaches to help me plan my own, to plan my workouts, to, to tell me how many calories to eat and that kind of thing. Part of it is because it's my job and I'm my last priority when it comes to that. But also it's like, it's nice to have someone hold you accountable to that as well. Yeah, I think it's it's really good. And, and funny enough, we did the whole first year where there was the weekly reporting on my part. Now we've pulled that back to sort of like monthly. And I can actually feel, and we've discussed this over recent weeks, you know, 
about um, just staying on top of that self-discipline as much as the, you know, without that date, sort of weekly, week in, week out accountability. And it is key to keeping honest with yourself, isn't it? It's also really helpful to have that discipline, not just with respect to your, your sort of physical health, but do you apply the same sort of measurements and the same sort of philosophy to family life to running your business side of it as opposed to just the training yeah definitely i do it definitely with my business i try and track certain things on a monthly basis and with my with family stuff um i don't think i do i think maybe i could do that um but yeah i don't necessarily i mean what would i track with with family stuff i guess just keeping a schedule that kind of thing like lucy and i we have a shared notes in um on apple we have shared apple notes yeah that we have like upcoming events things that need to be done around the house that kind of thing more like checklists really checklists keeping it keep keeping one another honest yeah it's funny i've i've had this discussion as you know my wife's brazilian and they're about as far away from being sort of measured and 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 regimented as you can imagine um very much the manana manana mentality but i've always mm-hmm. maintained i think it was probably jocko willink said something like um within the discipline that's the freedom lies and i've mm-hmm. noticed that weekdays are easy cuz the kids have school my kids are that bit older so you know school takes care of that after school you know sports takes care of the weekdays and i can work around their framework quite easily but weekends mm-hmm. as as it's probably the same for you you know life doesn't stop when you're uh, an entrepreneur or a parentpreneur you still have clients you still have stuff to prepare you you're fantastic on social media your stuff is is very very funny and you put a lot of it out there so you've got all that to plan record etc and i found that having a structure for my weekends was as important if not more so if i wanted to get through to sunday night without having completely lost the shit yeah i think that i was battling with that a little bit and more so a mental thing of if i don't do some kind of work is everything is my business just going to crumble away from me or you know if i don't get back to my clients at the weekends are they going to be upset um will they just leave me and so part of part of that for me was definitely in my own head about that when there was no real need to stress too much about that so i found that the weekends have more been me stressing about things that needn't be stressed about and i feel like i'm definitely getting better at that because w- when it comes to my business and running you know i program people's training and nutrition there's no real emergencies when it comes to that kind of thing you know there's nothing that can't wait for a few days yeah you know so that's that's one thing that makes me feel a little bit better about it because if someone overeats a little bit hopefully if they do that they would have i would have communicated to them up front that you know that's not a bad thing necessarily you know just chill and and continue on and then the other thing is just having some time off on the weekends is definitely you know taking some time some downtime away from the business i i still have to work at the weekend sometimes especially right now and i guess we'll come on to my current schedule soon because it's pretty crazy at the moment I sometimes don't have a choice and I have to work at the weekend. Um, but yeah, what I was going to say is actually I communicate with my clients upfront. This is kind of what's expected. I don't work weekends. 
Yeah. This is what I tell people in my head. I'm always working. That's a, that's kind of frustrating sometimes being a, an entrepreneur where you're like, your, your head is always thinking about it. It's not like, you know, the corporate job where you can clock off at five and then the weekends are yours. And then you start again on Monday at nine. It's not the same as that. It's just constantly always thinking about it, always worrying and stressing. Is this all going to get taken away from me? You know, um, chances are it won't be, but I think you, you, you're very good at this because A, you do it with humor and, do, and B, you do it in such a nice way. Um, there's been a couple of times where you've said, it, it, it's like the old thing about asking forgiveness, not permission. And you've come back to a, a weekly report of checking saying, hey, sorry, it's taken me a couple of days. I've been busy with stuff. And that's it, mm-hmm. you know? And people are fine yeah, with yeah. that, I think, by and large. But you just mentioned about your, uh, your current schedule. Maybe let's touch upon that. What You said it's crazy at the moment. What's happening? Are you bringing on new stuff, new clients? This is the most busy, the most difficult I've ever had to manage my own schedule. The reason for that is Autumn, the baby, is at home all the time. I still have in-person work three days a week, and it's recently, I'm, I'm doing like four hours, three days a week, which is a significant increase to what I was doing about six months ago. I was doing one day a week for three hours, and now I'm there three days a week for four hours. And not only that, but my partner, Lucy, is looking to, she's moving to a different industry. So she has to, I've basically given up half of my day Monday to Friday for her to work and to focus on getting herself ready to apply for jobs and just get ready to enter a workforce in a new industry. So she's got that stress that she has to deal with. So I've, okay, I she's on maternity leave. So she takes half the day and I'll look after the baby heart for half the day. So really that leaves me with two days a week for half a day to do my online work, which is the biggest part of my business. That's why sometimes I have to work weekends, usually to do client programs and that kind of thing. But to do, I've got like four or five hours, two days a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, to try and get all my check-ins done, post on social media. That's pretty much all I've got time for. How, how are you kind of um, managing sort of like, not just from a time perspective, but also from a, I, I guess, guilt slash mental perspective in terms of balancing things out? Because obviously you have, you know, your responsibilities to your family, but also you have your responsibility to your clients and your business. And it's something you want to grow. It's something you've, you know, sort of nurtured and, and, and brought from, from nothing to where it is now. How do you find that happy middle ground or do you not? Is it a constant sort of seesaw? Yeah, it's a, it is a constant seesaw, but I've decided that, you know, having a look at all the things that I do within my business and deciding what's the most important thing for me to do. Um, and, you know, definitely the family comes first and I need to support Lucy so she can get a job because if she gets a job and she's we've got two incomes coming in, that is going to be a huge weight lifted off both of our shoulders instead of just relying on you know what i get and her maternity leave um so that comes first and then what can i do for my business that's the most important thing and i think that growth at this point for me is not realistic so trying to manage my own expectations of what is realistic and i don't think growth is um something that i should be focusing on so i have been posting less on social media i've gone from like one one post a day to maybe three posts a week. Um, and really solely so I can do the most important thing, which is take care of my current clients. 
And I had a situation like this last year where I was in, in a similar situation where I could only focus on a few things. And it was stressful because I had a relatively lower client load at that point. But I was like, what's the most important thing? Take care of my current clients. I made sure I was there for when they needed me. I made sure their programs were ready for them. I made sure that their, their check-ins were still thorough. And it it paid off really well last year because I had clients get some great transformations. So, you know, I knew then that I'd done the right thing. And that's exactly what I'm doing now as well. First thing is making sure my clients are taken care of. Um, even if things slow down a little bit, I know that that's the right thing to do. Introducing Leadology.ai, sponsors of Series 1 of The Parentpreneur Show. Leadology.ai is the ultimate all-in-one digital marketing platform for service-based businesses ready to supercharge your success. With Leadology's exclusive offer for The Parentpreneur Show listeners, not only will you receive two months free with an annual subscription, but you'll also unlock an ultra-smart bonus bundle of clever solutions for your parentpreneur business that will help you save time and unlock a world of opportunities. This bundle alone is worth $997. Just click on www.leadology.ai slash Mike to learn more. It's interesting you've touched on a couple of things there I'll pick up on. And you mentioned about the most important thing. Um, and it's one of my little mantras. I always speak to to my clients and I talk about my, my MITs. What's the one thing you can do that if you did nothing else today would make things okay, would progress things. And it's pulling that one lever that gives you the biggest bang for your buck. And I think that's so important. And the other thing I'd like you to just maybe chat a little bit more about is and I think this goes back to what you said right at the top of the show, and that is how you come out of a breakup. You weren't very happy physically. You you felt sort of insecure. Mentally, you felt, you know, not not the best. And I know we've touched on that sort of stuff before. Both of us have had similar sort of experiences with respect to self-esteem, I guess. Um, but you also said really a, a really interesting point that you love to see those transformations. So you'd rather focus on the the handful of clients you've got at the moment and and see their progress and and see that happen. Someone said to me, um, and I only kind of really took this on board in the last year or so, but the more people you can help, the more successful you'll be. So maybe you'd like to sort of give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I suppose that can mean two things, really. I mean, I'm helping people every day on social media with the free content that I put out because I try and still make that educational. Uh, and of course, the hope of that doing that is, you know, it's a marketing thing where people get exposure to me and maybe they'll sign up and become a client. So there's that aspect of helping more people. For me, the most important thing for me is taking care of my clients. One, because they're paying me. I need to fulfill what I've promised, really. And like I said, I make sure I set expectations of if you email me, I will get back to you within 48 hours, business hours generally. So two business days, I'll get back to you. I think it's better to set the expectation, you know, and, and under promise and over deliver than, than the other way around. But yeah, I, I just know that the right thing to do is to help my current, current people because they're paying. And I know that if they have a good experience, they're going to tell people that they've had a good experience. And referrals really is the most, um, is where I get most clients from referrals. And, and in terms of um, encouraging your clients to sort of grow in the way that you did in terms of self-esteem, reducing anxiety and stuff like that is, that, is that very important to you as well? Is that part of your ethos? Yeah, 
that's definitely part of my ethos. I think, and I've shared this a few times on social media, the message of, you know, getting in better shape definitely does build confidence. And I don't think that it's necessarily just because you look a certain way. I think that definitely plays into it. Like if you have to take your shirt off to go in a public pool or you're going to the beach or something, or just how your clothes fit, yeah, that can definitely help with a certain level of confidence. But I think, honestly, the most empowering thing about this whole journey is, well, literally the journey, really. You know, it's it's the fact that you're showing up every day and you're putting in hard work no matter what you feel like, you know, there's obviously days that you don't want to go to the gym. Just like I'm sure there's days you wake up and you don't want to open up your laptop and get to work. But it's the it's the discipline that you go through and you show up for yourself every single day and you see the progress. That's that is what makes people feel good and feel confident. That's definitely the case for me anyway. I think progress is an interesting word there as well, because let's let, let's maybe backtrack as well and tell tell me how these kind of fitted into where you are today. Because I know from personal sort of experience, the CrossFit um, background, I know about your Ollie lifting as well, your Olympic weightlifting. Um, I also knew a little bit about your, your, your boxing as well. You did competitive boxing. Which one of those three things do you think were most formative or was it a blend of the three things? And and what did you take from those disciplines that you now apply, not just to like your business as a coach, but also to your family life as a, as a dad and a, and a husband or a partner? Yeah. So the, the boxing was great. I did boxing for five or six years and I also did Thai boxing in amongst that as well. And that was incredible for my own self self-confidence and discipline i would say knowing that i could defend myself if i needed to was great um one thing that you'll learn from any kind of martial art is you you would just uh, avoid a fight at all costs you know anyone that's on the street you know trying to get in a scrap most of the time those people have never done martial arts classes because you realize that you wouldn't want to hurt anyone and you wouldn't want anyone to get hurt that definitely helped my confidence uh, knowing that I could take care of myself if I had to. And it still helps me knowing that if I had to defend my family or something, I could, you know, heavens forbid anything would happen, but it also makes me think about, I wouldn't mind getting my daughters into jujitsu so they could defend themselves. I think, you know, boxing's great, but it seems like jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu seems to be the best sport for, for taking care of yourself. I reckon. I can I can vouch for that. I mean, because I did I did um, Okinawa and Goju start of karate very close to White Crane Kung Fu. But my daughter now um, she's been doing about a year, eighteen months of uh, BJJ, and yeah, it's done wonders for her confidence, and it actually has kept a check on her big brother. She she does okay. actually look after herself, and I think you're absolutely right. I think especially for 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 females, for you know daughters, etc. I think it's really important to teach them to to it you you get to a point where the world isn't full of unicorns and rainbows um, and you have to find a happy medium. You have to find a nice way of conveying that and, and give them the self-esteem and confidence to go out there and, and be comfortable. And I think, yeah, BJJ for, you know, sort of for girls is, is a great one. Yeah. And I think it would be if my, especially older daughter could get into it and learn some discipline, that'd be bloody awesome. Cause she is chaos, mate. She is absolutely ruckus. She prides herself on how cheeky she is and how ruckus she is. And so, you know, if if she can learn to, um, what's the word, respect authority, I suppose, 
<laughs> that would help out everyone. Uh, I've got the South Park ringing in my ears right now when you say respect my authority. <laughs> no, that's right, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah, do you know what? Funny enough, that's how I ended up getting into the martial arts. I had a little man's attitude, Klein Manneke, um, Card Manneke Syndrome. And uh, that's how I ended up after I got kicked out of rugby and, um, yeah, ended up doing it. And you realize there's always someone bigger, stronger, harder and faster. And like you said, you then don't actually sort of get into a fight. Um, someone said the other day, actually, that your, your, your first weapon is actually your feet. You know, you turn around yeah. and you leg it in the other direction. So I yeah. think that's quite important. Um, and, and the lifting and, and the CrossFit, was that kind of by dint of just getting into the personal training sphere and then you find yourself sort of having an affinity? Because you were, you, well, you are still, I haven't seen you recently, but your Ollie lifting when I saw you was like fantastic. It really was. Yeah, thank you, mate. I, yeah, I mean, I did CrossFit first and I transitioned more to Olympic lifting. Um, and I qualified for the provincial level competitions here um so that was that was great um but yeah in terms of what it taught me i would say that crossfit was great because crossfit is all around you know with weightlifting and you know just general going to the gym and lifting weights it's great but you do have the downtime you know you take long rests between your sets um and if you've got your phone with you you know you kind of i know for me that i'm on my phone you know have a client email me or anything uh, check Instagram. Has anyone replied to my post or whatever, you know? And so with CrossFit, it was just so, so good to turn off and it was such well-rounded fitness. You were getting cardiovascular fitness in there. And one thing I'm trying to do now with my own fitness is to be a bit more well-rounded and, you know, I try and get runs in and stuff now uh, if I get time. But one thing I want to touch on with the, the, the CrossFit training and any style of cardiovascular training, really, it really helps build mental resiliency, which is very important, I find, for being an entrepreneur. You know, if you feel confident and it powerful, I guess, you know, you 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 feel like you can overcome anything if you if you can go flat out for a 5K, you know, and you don't let the mind games beat you. Same if you do a CrossFit workout. Uh, you're always going to have the things in your head to say, slow down, you know, you should stop and walk or whatever. Pushing through that. On a, on a consistent regular basis definitely helps mental resiliency for all aspects of your life. I, I agree. I think the, um, the stick with it ability is fantastic. The great thing about CrossFit is obviously you have the peer, peer pressure, you have the camaraderie and the peer pressure, which makes you kind of second guess whether you're going to quit because you know that there are people around you and that just does drag you along, push you along. And I think that's really quite healthy because what it does, it's not about sort of like, you know, um, not wanting to lose face. It's more about realizing that you're stronger than you actually think. I mean, when I trained with my karate teacher, a guy called Gavin Holland, he always used to say, he said, you, 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 your brain's the strong bit. Just tell, you, tell your body to keep going. Tell your body to keep going. He used to have us doing, you, you, know, you know, the phrases cash in, cash out from CrossFit. Uh, but to do any grading, the black belt grading, for example, um, was a 100 push-up cash in. Then you could start the grading. Um, you know, so you kind of think, well, okay. And he says not, you know, it's the old adage, you know, it wasn't a hundred pushups. It was the same pushup a hundred times, but I think you're very right. I'd not thought of it in that sense. What other sort of lessons have you got from the world of sort of fitness and, 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 and nutrition that you think are applicable to the world of um, entrepreneurship? Well, like we touched on earlier, you know, tracking certain things um, and, and just discipline in general, because it's a roller coaster. being a parent, is a roller coaster being an entrepreneur is a roller coaster and you know just learning to ride the ups and downs 
you know, it is, especially, you know, I'm kind of like four years in and I'm still like, it's up and down, it's up and down. And it it's so, di- it's so difficult to, to manage, to manage the emotions of all of that being realistic with expectations and tracking certain things it's easy to compare yourself to someone else and say this person's so so far and i i kind of we started at the same time this person seems to be ahead of me or you know this person's popped up on instagram has loads of followers you know how come i don't have loads of followers but you know understanding that you're on a completely different journey family situations are completely different to those people you cannot compare apples to oranges or even apples to apples at this point you know i forget your question i'm kind of going off on one a little bit but it's an important it's an important message i feel to not compare yourself to where other people are because i know that i have and i know that there's another person that i am friends with and he's an online coach as well and he's got a family now of three and he's got a full-time job and he's doing better than me you know but you you don't know the ins and outs of people's family dynamic. You don't know, you know, how much help or they do or don't have. And and so you really can't compare yourself to where other people are. Um, I guess that's a reminder for me as well, you know, because it is it's important. Yeah, it's it's very true. You you have no idea the sort of um, especially if your only window is through social media, you have no idea how many sort of filters, metaphorical or otherwise you know, that information is being put through. And I actually said it to uh, my kid this morning, the only person you need to compare yourself with is yourself from yesterday. You know, as long as you are doing one thing better than you did yesterday, that's all you need to care about. Um, yeah. I mean, that kind of kind of leads me into my next question, which is in terms of inspirations. Um, have you got any sort of inspirations that have come to you, whether it's people, books, or, you know, people, you know, directly family members or sort of famous people, or are there anyone you kind of looked up at and went, yeah, I aspire to that, or you've just had good advice from? Yeah. I touched on that in just a sec, because there was something that I wanted to say about, um, you know, closing off what we were just talking about there, because we were talking about tracking and the importance of tracking and comparing yourself to other people there. If you're tracking certain things that whatever's whatever fits well for you in your business, for example, I track how many current clients I cl- currently have, how much revenue I made, I track how many followers I have. You can see the progression. If you don't track, you don't see the progression. And it comes back to you know us tracking body weight measurements, calories and macros. If you've got the data to see, you know whether you're making progress or not. But if you don't track, you don't know. You, you're right. And we touched on this before the, the, you know, before the show started. And I just said that I've just got back from my son's um, football tour in Belgium, you know, so four or five days with other parents in the land of chips, waffles and beer. Um, and I, I, I was frankly shitting myself about getting on the scales. I made sure I did chip myself two or three times before I got on the scales. Um, <laughs> And I was pleasantly surprised because not because I was like sort of like I didn't enjoy myself while I was away, but because of the discipline that you've instilled and the and the measurements and the frameworks that you've kind of given with your coaching enable me to think, yeah, no, that's fine. That's enough. Or, OK, I overdid it there, so I'll not do as much here. You know, I'll sort of not eat until midday tomorrow because I've really like gone large today. And you're absolutely right. Without actually taking those efforts and measurements, you've got no idea. And every day is like a groundhog day, isn't it? You're starting from zero yeah. with no reference. It's that point of reference each time. 
So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that is the biggest sort of crossover between the world of sport, nutrition and, and, and training and, and entrepreneurship is that measurement, you know, I really mm -hmm. do. So yeah, but yeah. Sorry, I um, I I stopped you before you wrapped that question. But I was just then saying about sort of like inspirations, human inspirations. or otherwise. Inspirations for me are mostly my family because I, of course, would love to get to the point where you know we're fully secure financially. We can take trips once or twice a year without it being you know stressful. Um and. As you know, I'm here in Canada. My family, you know, my mum, dad, brothers are all in the UK. So one of the big things that keeps me pushing is like, I would love to be able to travel back and forth more often. You know, I, if I can work from my laptop, you know, that's great. I'm already checking that box, but it's more like now I need to have enough clients to be able to, and I need to have the systems in place to service those clients, but I'd love to be able to travel back and forth home a little bit more so I can see my family. I think that's a, a, a big one for me too. Um, I've obviously got quite a few years on you. So like my family tend to be like sort of sideways or, or, or younger than me. Um, but yeah, for me, it's very much about creating a, a legacy about having that freedom of freedom of choice, you know, freedom of movement, freedom of choice, which are kind of the things that you've just touched upon. Mm -hmm. um, how do, do you, um, do you kind of bring your family, be that your partner or be that the girls, do you bring them into your world of, of, of personal training, of coaching and of on entrepreneurship? Do you kind of have them sort of get involved or do you kind of keep it arm's length and box, box your life off neatly? Yeah, good question. I think I'm trying to figure this out a little bit at the moment for myself, because up until now, I've definitely been fully open on social media about, um, you know, this is my family, this is who they are, what their names, what they look like, that kind of thing. But recently, I'm like, I don't know if it just seems like everyone that follows me, I have a pretty good connection with because my audience on social media isn't as huge as some other people's. Like, I don't get regular trolls and stuff. You know, but if I was to grow my audience, do I still want to have my family as part of my quote unquote brand? You know, because it is a part of my brand. It's like I'm a family guy, you know, so it's part of who I am. And I share that on social media. I don't know if I had a huge audience, whether I would want to do that or maybe I'd want to hide their names, that kind of thing. Um, but in terms of having them part of my business, my my partner, Lucy, is definitely a massive soundboard for me when I need to bounce ideas off of her. Um, she's the first one I go to if I'm stressed about something and I want to talk things over. So, you know, in that sense, she's there for me with my business. And, and that's a great, great help to have her um, in my corner, you know, because the whole thing of what we're doing really is, you know, to make our our family a more secure unit i suppose yeah that, that, that's a nice way of putting it for me it is very much about the family people i was having a conversation with an accountability group i belonged to last night and they were saying hey what are your what what's your purpose in life you know what's your big ideal and I, I, I kind of think they were thinking along the lines of you know saving the rainforest and stuff like that but for me it was much more simple it was to have um you know a secure legacy and by legacy i mean a wealthy legacy and wealth is not just about money it's about um having the the travel having the family having you know the sort of uh, a well-rounded lifestyle um that, that that goes with it um and for me the way of getting that is by helping lots of people so in in of itself that's enough of a purpose for me you know mm -hmm. um i think 
if you kind of look after your immediate sort of little circle, if you look after your family and then your street, then your village, et cetera, that sort of stuff, that's the, that's the, you know, the easiest way of, you know, getting what we spoke about leverage earlier, having some sort of success on that front. You just mentioned about trolls and, um, you know, you, you kind of like only have the occasional troll. Something I've thought about and touch wood and it will happen, I'm sure. You know, I've not really encountered that too much. Um, I recently dipped into Twitter only because a friend of mine, what um, you know, sort of keeps sending me links from it. So I started dipped in and I'm kind of watching from the edge, you know, sort of sitting on the edge of the pool, not taking my shirt off. I think, wow, this is such a horrible world. Um, how do you deal with the occasional troll that you do get? Bearing in mind, you said earlier, you know, about sort of self-esteem and, you know, some of the reasons why you got into interpersonal training. H- how do you handle that? Yeah, well, there's always going to be trolls. And when trolls come at you, which they have for me a little bit, one on TikTok's specifically bad. It was very personal attack. And it is, it does hurt, you know, it does hurt. But, you know, it, it's how you react to how you react to it, really, you know. But one thing that Gary V says is, you know, there's always going to be trolls. And, you know, don't feel bad for yourself, feel bad for them. Because for someone to be in a position where they are trolling you, being so negative, it just shows, you know, what they're going through as a person. And especially if they go into, you know, personal attacks, you know, whether it's something you're self-conscious of or not, you know, it's like the lowest form of argument. You know, I, I post a lot of stuff about fitness and nutrition. Of course, there's going to be people that disagree with me. But who has got a valid point if they've got nothing to say except something personal, you know? And when I respond to those kind of comments, I I usually give it some time to think over, you know, because my initial reaction is to be defensive and come back and, and that kind of thing. And then what I try and do now is I understand, like, people see these comments, other people that stumble upon my page will see the comment that this person has left i could delete the comment of course or i could you know respond in a funny way or an educational way and my response is not for that person but for other people that land on my page and so my my goal of in leaving comments and replies to that kind of person is not to argue with them but to show other people that land on the page that I'm not going to succumb to that kind of low level of degradation. And I'm going to focus on education. So people see that they hopefully say, I like this guy, you know, he's not going down a rabbit hole trying to argue with this one person who was completely rude. Um, And then maybe they'll be interested in, you know, following me potentially. I think that that's spot on, isn't it? And it's the difference between, responding which is what you're saying that you do and reacting and reacting is the emotional ego sort of like going straight back on the defensive it's an amygdala fight flight or you know freeze kind of response and i think that's what really blew me away about my you know i've only been back on twitter for a month and other than my linkedin posts automatically posting up there i don't go on i'll kind of sit on the edge and i'll 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 follow people who are inspirational and stuff like that but i won't you know i mean canada i don't know how it is there i i think it's becoming a little 
bit polarized as well states just south of the border for you massively polarized over here in the uk i think we touched on it when you were here last year again you can feel the polarization you know it feels like mm -hmm. a, a them and a nuz the whole time you know and it's yeah. very sort of like are you in the blue camp are you in the red camp because if you you know i'm not going to talk to you and and it's quite mm -hmm. horrible isn't it when it does have to get to that level of just being a personal attack as opposed to um respecting other people's views and 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 just sort of you know listening i think you listening and then just responding either with humor or with knowledge is like a really sort of noble and sort of mature way of handling it yeah i mean i have done it in the past where i've gone based on my uh my reaction i react to it and i get defensive and it never goes well it never goes well just feel crappy about yourself and yeah, I just think it's like the lowest thing someone can do is just attack you personally because you've said like this carbohydrate is better than this one or something. You know, it's like, but you, you are going to get that. I've heard Twitter's pre pretty bad as well. Um, but you've got to remember as well, it's like all um, publicity is good publicity. So, you know, someone commenting on your stuff, it's additional engagement that can push it to a wide audience as well. So yeah. it's if you, if you are getting... If, you know, if someone listening here is like on social media and they post regularly for their business, you know, polarity is good. And so getting, if you are getting to the point where people are commenting and disagreeing with you, that's a good thing because it means that your, your content is getting seen by more people and that those people are reacting to it, whether whether that's positive or negative, it gives you more opportunity to either refine your message. Cause maybe there is things like, I know that I've posted stuff and people have commented and I've been thinking like, Oh, actually maybe they're right. Maybe I could have made that more clear in my message. You know, so there is things you can learn from from some of the trolls. Um, but then other times it's good for you to, you know, think about what can you say back. And again, it's refining your message in that sense as well. Yeah, absolutely. I do think you have to. It's not a question of standing out for the sake of standing out, but you do have to sometimes sort of nail your colors to a mast, you know, you know, sort yeah. of mixing, mixing my metaphors, etc. I don't think it's any sort of like surprise if you go into an ice cream parlor, vanilla is always the least favorite flavor. You know, I think plain vanilla just doesn't work, does it? But you've mm -hmm. got to be sort of really out there and so, not not to the point of being controversial for the sake of it. But equally, yeah. as you said, if you can then have an intelligent conversation back and say, hey, well, that's a really good point. Thanks very much. I hadn't thought of it in that respect. They can't really come back. And if they do come back, well, frankly, they're a bit of a twat, right? Exactly. Yeah. But like you said, I think it's important to take a stance on something as well. Yeah. And and it's so difficult to do that. I know for like the first two or three years of posting on social media, I was scared to say what I really felt. And even sometimes now I feel that because I don't want to upset anyone because I know that some of my friends that follow me might not agree with me, even though, you know, they're not going to become clients, my friends, but you don't want to upset anyone. You don't want to ruffle any feathers, but you know, really got to take a stance on what you believe in and then just be prepared to to back yourself up and you know argue your case but be open to to changing your mind and so that's kind of one thing that I've been working on the last 6 months to a year is just trying to be take a stance uh and kind of roll with it i suppose yeah i think that's a sign of a big person you know to have have an opinion but then to be open to refining that opinion so one well one of the last questions because we're kind of slowly getting to the end of this but which mountain would you 
die on, you know, which mast would you nail your colours to? You're just saying that you've learned that you have to give an opinion. There are opinions out there that you really need to put out. Which one do you strongly feel in at the moment? Do you mean in terms of fitness? Let's take one from fitness and one from being a parent slash parentpreneur. Yeah. What what are the two two areas? Yeah. So I mean, my my initial going back to the inspiration thing, you know, obviously family was one a massive inspiration, but the other is my my message and my real reason for doing becoming a coach and for doing all of this is you know i've gone through my own transformation i've i've screwed up so many times with my own training and nutrition i've done all the fad diets i've done all of that shit excuse my language but i've done all of it and now i'm here to help other people navigate that and so you know my stance is things like keto carnivore intermittent fasting, you know, all of these things that people go to through no fault of their own, because, you know, it's pushed in their face every day by other people on social media, by magazines, you know, keto friendly this, keto friendly that. It's my mission and purpose to help people navigate that because no one needs to do any of those things. It's not a one size fits all. You know, people can lose weight on keto. People can lose weight on intermittent fasting. But that's not the underlying principle of how someone loses weight. So my goal is to educate people on these principles of how the body loses weight and how you can best fit it into your lifestyle so that you can actually maintain it. Because you know, everyone knows, you know, someone will do keto for two weeks, they'll lose a bunch of weight, but they don't understand that that weight is just mostly water. And, and you know, me teaching you the principle of how that's the case is going to take too long for this podcast. But, you know... That's the whole thing. It's like educating you on how you can best fit fitness into your life and not just follow the crowd and what's being pushed to you by magazines. So that's my stance is teaching people the principles and then working with people to navigate based on their current personal situation. And how about um, which flag with respect to your family and being a sort of parent what's your sort of main principle? What's your main point that you would stand by? Still trying to figure that one out, I guess. But I would say that one of the most important things is, you know, setting clear boundaries. And I think that the fact of just having kids is, has helped me set boundaries without trying to, because kids get home from school. You have to, they have to, you know, they can't just sit there, you know, they, you, you need to wrap up work and you need to get on with it. Kids are at home at the weekends. They're off for summer. You know, all of these things that you need to be, you need to set clear boundaries and be there for your family. I mean, at the end of the day, material wealth, okay, up to a certain point, that's great. But I would suggest, you know, don't, or one of my flags would be, that you know family time is important and you know setting clear boundaries like i said i think one of the most important things i've learned is is about mistakes and obviously you, you're always told to learn from your mistakes but another thing is uh, it's a lot easier to learn from other people's mistakes i'm gonna i'm gonna read you a quote which which you can tell me is if it's wrong but i believe this is from you it might have been from like your one of your about me pages but um, it says, with the knowledge I have now, I could have saved myself years of frustration and could have gained the physique and fulfillment I have today in a much shorter period of time. 
that for That's me, right. when I saw that and read that, I thought, you know what, that obviously applies to the world of fitness and nutrition. You know, you're buff, you know how to eat, you know, you, you understand about the macros and all of that. But it's really, really applicable to the whole world of parentpreneuring as well. You know, it's about finding, the, not even finding hacks or tricks or stuff like that. It's just about, as you said earlier, the most important thing, discovering those most important things. I think that's what I admire most about you is that you've managed to sort of distill things down on, on your work and your family side to that. There is no secrets, you know? And so, like you said, learning from your own mistakes and then learning from the mistakes of other people, whether that be via a coach or a mentor, you know, it definitely makes things easier. Having, having someone that's done, been through it before is incredibly powerful. So I completely agree with that. Um, you, you said earlier about sort of the fact that you're kind of on, on, on a maintenance program with respect to growing the business, et cetera, at the moment because of the, of, of the domestic situation, because of the home situation. But um, what does the future hold for Andy Tate, Coach Taters, in terms of, um, of the business, you know, this, this current period aside? Yeah, so in September, my daughter goes to daycare, my, the, the baby. So we're going to be bloody celebrating that, uh, which means that, and also that'll be the time that my partner, Lucy will get a job, hopefully. So she'll be back at work. Baby will be back to, or baby will be going to daycare. And I will go from having like two half days a week to work on my, in, in my biggest income builder to having all the time, not all the time in the world, but be having like all my days back, except for the in-person work that I do. So that is something that I'm really looking forward to. Now I have to be careful that I don't, you know, what is it Parkinson's law, you know, work expands to fill the time that is set for it. I have to be very careful with that because I've had that in the past where I dilly dally and stuff. Um, but my goal is to get to a point where I'm kind of working with 30 to 50 clients. Uh, right now I'm kind of between 15 to 20. And so if I can get to 30 to 50 that would be life changing for me because you know i don't need anything more than that i think that i could manage that if if i had the extra time back i could definitely continue to working with with that many people um and still provide a good level of service but that would also fulfill a lot of the other things now i'm thinking that's i think 30 clients could be a year or two away and then maybe i'd have to refine my processes and things so i could work with with a few more, but to get to 30 clients would be game changing, life changing. No, I, I, I agree. I think that's, that, that's one of the things I always talk to about with my clients, not just the parentpreneurs, but the sort of the SMEs, the small, medium sized businesses that I deal with. Scalability is everything. That's, that's, you know, cash flow and scalability. They're the two things that, you know, sink or swim a small business and a business person. And um, having those processes in place where you can just go from 15 to 30, you know, two exits straight away is like absolutely essential. Yeah. But just to add to that, you know, I think there's so many people, especially in the fitness space, which are fitness business coaches. And I have a I'm in a mentorship and it's fantastic, but I've picked one that fits well with my values. But there's a lot of people that will, you know, that get rich quick. There's those kind of coaches in this space as well. And it, it takes it takes much longer than you think to build up to a point. I mean, some, some people will get there much, much quicker, but they're usually outliers and, or have had some very good luck or have been working behind the scenes on, 
you know, building up their knowledge of whatever, you know, for many years that you don't know about. So being un- understanding that it does take years to get to the point where you, you'll get comfortable and you'll get s- security. Um, it's like the, the meme with the guy with the pickaxe. Do you see that meme where the guy's like trying to get to the gold uh, and the guy gives up and he's basically got this much left to get to the gold. He's basically yeah. at the gold and he, he gives up, but there's a one guy that just keeps chipping away, chipping away, chipping away much slower, but he, he just continues on. And, and hits the vein. No, I, I, I agree. It's um, yeah, it's, that's a nice image and that's a nice way of uh, summarizing it. Um, so where can people learn more about you and what you're up to at the moment? And I appreciate you say you're not taking on more clients, but if more clients rocked up, um, where would they find you? Uh, well, if people, I basically, I don't have enough bandwidth to really take on a lot of clients, but I do have some coaching spots available. If people were interested, they can probably best bet is to head to my Instagram, which is at coach taters mm-hmm. um, or my website. If you don't have Instagram, you can head to my website, which is coach taters.com. Uh, Tate is T A I T not T A T. Um, but yeah, you could definitely go there. I post a lot of free stuff on Instagram, a lot of educational stuff. I have blogs on my website that you can learn a lot from. Um, and you know, if, if you were interested in, in getting to know if we could work together, then the best bet is to start there, see what I'm about, see kind of my, um, how I approach fitness and nutrition. And, and if it interests you, then I'm, I'm here if, if, uh, if you would like to. We'll, we'll put all those in the, in the show notes so people can just click through and find you easily enough. And um, yeah, I can highly recommend it. There's a, there's a good balance between like knowledge and humor in there as well. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Andy, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. It's great. And I know it's been a bit of a, a juggle between the two of us. You're at the front end of your day. I'm at the sort of back end of my day. Um, yeah, my kids are out swimming right now, so I've got peace and quiet for for a while and yours yours are asleep and otherwise engaged. But yeah, really appreciate your time and as ever, wonderful to speak to you and great to see you as well. Likewise, mate. Thank you so much. <laughs>